Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace Veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hello, hello out there all over Chicagoland and beaming out all over the world here from AM 1160, Hope for Your Life in Chicago. By the way, there is a downloadable app out there in case you aren't uh, listening on the radio you want to listen to it anywhere you're at you can download it and you uh, can hear it from anywhere as long as you got an internet connection okay so just so you know you can get out there at am 1160 and uh, download the app uh hey at faith marketplace here's what we do we equip individuals entrepreneurs sales um, small business owners and resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty god while gaining inspiration from a marketplace leader. And boy, have I got a great one for you today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and also the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we say we put the win back in your sales and boy, have I got a great guest for us today. I'd like to introduce you to Mike McCormick. He is the president of Mike McCormick and Associates out of Pittsburgh. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Bob. It's uh, great to be here, and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, I am too, because, uh, boy, folks, just fast your seatbelts. This gentleman has got phenomenal background in a lot of the stuff he's done, but you know, uh, you shared with me one of your favorite quotes and kind of a verse of life. So what is that, Mike? And, and share that with the audience. And why is that your favorite? Well, <clears throat> my favorite quote is actually a scripture. So uh, it's one reason it's my favorite. It's, it's God's word. Mm-hmm. And so I can rely on its credibility and its truth and all that. But also it has meaning in my life. I, I did not grow up in a Christian home. And as a matter of fact, uh, the home in which I grew up was um, turmoil and confusion was pretty standard. Okay. Uh, but my mother, all in the midst of all that, used to always say to me, everything happens for a good reason. Ah. And so now that I understand scripture, Romans 8, 28 is, is pretty much what she was trying to tell me, uh, which is that we know that in all things, God works for good. For those that love him and have been called according to his purpose. So yeah. uh, so that's why it's special to me. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Uh, well, let's tell the audience what, you're, uh, what you want them to take away out of our interview today. Well, I would hope that they would understand that, a, <clears throat> that being a Christian is a very positive thing, mm-hmm. and uh, the marketplace is a, a void of positive things. And so as we reach out into our communities with our faith and, and uh, we try to honor him, uh, we find that people are actually very receptive. Uh, and if we're not shy about it and uh, not too uh, overly bold, uh, generally we are about changing lives and people uh, appreciate the guidance, the leadership and the direction that we're able to give them. I love it. Cause we're going to have a lot of that, uh, that we're going to be sprinkling in here today, folks. So, 
Uh, if you got notes out there or you want to take notes, you may want to do that with this interview because uh, there's a lot of wisdom to come out of Mike today. Um, you might, you, you kind of alluded to it, so why don't we share uh, your testimony, you know, growing up. Did you come out of a bouncing baby Christian boy? Well, I can tell you that um, my mo- mother was married three times and my dad was married three times. Oh, so because of that, we really didn't have any great spiritual foundation to anything that related to growing up. As a matter of fact, uh, being half Irish and half Italian, I used to tell people that the only spiritual uh, thought that I received was you either you either drank to it, uh, bet on it, or fought for it. One of those three <laughs> things were our guiding principles. Okay, And so <laughs> you can just understand that being uh, Italian and uh, and also Irish, those things are laughable in some ways, but in other ways, they really help guide my <clears throat> desire to um, to find the Lord and to know the Lord and then to incorporate uh, his, uh, his goodness and greatness into my life. So. Well, it sounds like a lot of turmoil in your childhood, you know, bouncing around between parents and then also uh, different marriages, so... Uh, what, well, during that you know, time, listen, I, that's, I like, I just, uh, yeah. it, there was a lot of turmoil yeah. and at a very, very young age, I had to make a decision as to whether I wanted that turmoil to, to drive me or to affect me, or if I really wanted to do something about it. And so at a very young age, I made some decisions that regardless of what I was experiencing, that if I ever did get married. Uh, as an example, I would stay married. So mm. recently, my wife and I celebrated our 52, 52nd anniversary. Oh, wow. And that's because of a, resp- a, a positive response to a negative situation when I was growing up. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, at, what, at what age did you make that choice? I actually decided that I was never going to get divorced long before I even met my wife. Right. Uh, because of the turmoil, I realized the damage that that caused on my brothers and my sisters and, and our whole uh, family upbringing. And so I did not want that, and I did not want to repeat that. And we would say that uh, I was a cycle breaker, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I had to break some major cycles to be able to do that. And, of course, when I met my wife uh, – at age 15, by the way. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, uh, it was easy. It was easy for me. Cause I was, uh, I fell in love with her from the first time I met her. We right. dated for six years. And then not, like I said, we just celebrated our 52nd wedding anniversary. So we've had a long, a long time together and it's been very, very exciting. It's been an unexpected adventure <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I look forward to it every day. So I love it, Mike. That is fabulous. I, there's not too many people today in today's society can brag about having 52 years in with the same woman, but that's, uh, that's admirable. And also God honoring, you know, you did that. So, you know, in that relation and in that process, then when did you start to know about the Lord or come to the Lord or do anything as far as uh, a belief? Yeah, so I was 29 when I accepted the Lord. Mm. Uh, my wife was uh, accepted Christ a year before me. Ah. And so um, my wife is Russian Orthodox. So being Irish and Italian and her being Russian, you know, we had some uh, volatile conversations uh, <laughs> over our early marriage. But um, she accepted the Lord and came home. And I just noticed a big difference in her demeanor and in her uh, 
desire to resist fighting and arguing and more looking more for peace and calmness. And she just treated me so differently that I became more and more curious about why that was. And then she, of course, was reading the Bible and I even got more curious about that. So, so about a year after uh, uh, she did, I accepted the Lord as my savior, was challenged by another person in business to really decide what kind of business, what, what I wanted to do for a career, what I wanted to do for my marriage. And the third thing is, was I gonna live for myself or was I gonna live for God? And so those were the three things that I pondered again, early in our marriage, but helped me make the steps towards accepting Christ as my savior. Yeah, so I'm I'm reading about I'm hearing about this that it basically there was no uh, faith in in your both in your marriage or in the family until you turned 29, or was it leading up to you were leading up to that? So my wife's family was extremely religious. They ah, were Russian okay. Orthodox, and they right. practiced their religion. Okay, and the only my my family my my aunt. Uh, uh, forced my mother to take us to church every Sunday. Mm. Uh, what she didn't know is my mother would drive us to church and just drop us off and then tell her, yeah, oh, yeah I took them to church. So, so we had uh, a lot of confusion, but I respected my father, my, you know, my future uh, father-in-law mm-hmm. and, her, and the way he led his family uh, and the fact that uh, religion was a big part of his life. And so that was helpful to me. I was attracted to that. And there was a, uh, a peace and a calmness about that. Uh, but as far as accepting Christ as uh, her savior, that came uh, later on for my wife and then later on for me. So, so, uh, so she went, went a different way from the uh, Russian Orthodox then? She, you know, what? Well, I used the word cycle break already. We broke a lot of cycles. I'll uh, bet we, you we, did. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm I'm left-handed and I have blue eyes, and I grew up in a family that was all right-handers and all had <laughs> brown eyes. So, <clears throat> so we, you know, we grew up in a uh, town that was strongly uh, steel mill, coal mine. Ah. So, you know, the party of choice would have been Democratic. Most of my family are, were Democrats. We chose, actually, we started out being independent uh-huh. and gradually moved to a more conservative Republican position. But uh, okay. <laughs> but there were a lot of issues that we had to deal with. And then anything that dealt with uh, baptism or the forgiveness of sins or anything that was really significant uh, as far as our faith is concerned, uh, we really did have to deviate for what we weren't taught or what we weren't or the absence of being taught in my case. Uh, and so, yeah, that was uh, pretty good. So, but uh, I love it. You know what, uh, just before I get off it, cause I want to, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more next segment. You said something profound about you had a business choice too. Once you came to Lord and you had some things going on there. So when we get back, I'd like to like to hear more about that. And uh, you know, because that's the heart of what we're talking about here is basically business and faith. So that, that'd be a great thing to tap into, see, what those challenges were for you, okay? Well, folks, listen, I want you to stay tuned. Get out there and check out faithmarketplace.com. We're on every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock. We've got lots of uh, stuff on the website. And also, um, when you do get out there, you have this little donate button, okay? That's how this ministry exists. So uh, we'd appreciate any kind of uh, help that you could give us to stay on. We're going on our uh, decade already. I can't believe it. It's amazing that God has been good and kept us in here. So we're going to be right back with my guest, Mike McCormick. 
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with uh, my guest, Mike McCormick. He's the president of Mike McCormick and Associates out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And where we left off, Mike was uh, giving some of his testimony and his background, but one of the things that he alluded to was the fact that he had some choice to make after he came to Christ, particularly uh, in business. So uh, why don't you share with the audience what uh, what some of those challenges were, Mike, and then how you went about making some decisions. Well, I mentioned the uh, turmoil in the family that I grew up in, but what I didn't mention is that my, uh, my father, my biological father, was actually pretty successful in business. Uh, similar, though, he had his issues with too much money. So I grew up with a family that didn't have any money, and then I saw the problems with that. And then I, as I looked at my father, <clears throat> he had all the problems that came with having too much money and not knowing the Lord. Wow. So somewhere along the line, I decided, you know, I, I want to be a good person. I want to do what's right. Uh, I want to have a good family, um, and I, I don't want to experience um, the negative that I experienced. However, right. I was attracted to being in business, and I think I, just like I early on made the decision about <clears throat> being married, I early on decided that I wanted to be in business someday okay. because I saw the opportunities that that afforded itself. So I, I graduated from college with a degree in business, and... Um, you know, a major in marketing and economics. And so at an early age, even in my young 20s, I was uh, look, looking to be uh, self-employed and to kind of control my own destiny. So. Yeah. So did you did you really kind of get your chops uh, working for somebody else at the beginning of your career? Uh, I started out teaching at a business school mm-hmm. because my wife was student teaching and we uh, in the area and we wanted to get married. So I started... Okay. I took the job that I could get mm. and ha- until I could get the job that I wanted. Okay. And so I taught for about a year or two at a business school, and then I got into the insurance business. Ah. Um, I, my landlord knocked on my door one day and said, can you bowl? And I said, can I bowl? He said, yeah. And I said, well, yeah, actually, I'm pretty good. He goes, good. We need, a sub- we need somebody to bowl on our team tonight. I went and bowled on his team. I became their anchor bowler. And so my whole career is really based on my bowling average and not, <laughs> not, not anything else. <laughs> if I had not been able to bowl, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> That's a fascinating story. So, uh, so golf wasn't part of, your, uh, a part of that then, huh? <laughs> I know you do not a little bit golf. of golfing. I am right? not a golfer. I'm, <laughs> I'm left-handed. There were no okay. left-handed clubs when I grew up. Okay. So it was a uh, difficult to be a, a right-handed golfer when you're left-handed so so uh, having prompted that story then i'm assuming your landlord of where you lived asked you to bowl was that how that worked or was yeah, that a bit we a lived in a second floor of a above my when i first got married we yeah. lived in an apartment and that's uh, it's, okay my landlord was on the first floor so what happened after the teaching gig well, I went to work for the insurance agency, it was right. a property and casualty agency, and then I started getting all my licenses. I spent a lot of time uh, in that area uh, of the business world and uh, kind of enjoyed it. Ultimately, went into uh, life insurance. I worked for Northwestern Mutual for a while, hmm. phenomenal company, yep. right. and uh, started having kids. Hmm. And so uh, we had uh, children. I had uh, three children. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my youngest 
child uh, died from leukemia. Ooh. And so my wife and I had my wife and I had some very difficult situations. We were we were young Christians hmm. uh, when that happened. Oh. Had we known not known the Lord, I don't think we would have made it through that. Right. But um, but because of that, if I can just say my family all made really good choices. My son went on to be a pastor. Yep. My daughter is a radiation oncologist. And my wife and I have been involved in a variety of ministries over the years, everything from uh, grief, grief share and Stephen's ministry for my wife. And then I handled a lot of the stewardship stuff and for our church and uh, things that talked about uh, uh, giving and being a better giver. So Okay. Well, yeah, that, the progression was important as to how you really honed your skills and what you did. And obviously, you know, you got the, the entrepreneur bug because when you're in insurance, you're pretty much a you know, commission-only person, right? And so, uh, you know, that, so when did you start your practice uh, that you have now? And what is it? Yeah, so I started Mike McCormick and Associates in 2014, 2014, but I had spent almost 20 years in the investment business and in the insurance business. So right. uh, I, I had a company uh, and uh, we were a broker dealer in the financial services. So I had all my registrations for that. Mm -hmm. And then in 2014, I decided to uh, sell the company and I was going to take a stab at retiring. <laughs> and so uh, I lasted about a week at that. After about a week, I realized this uh, sitting around doing nothing isn't isn't for me. Yeah. And so um, you can only bowl so many times I, too during the week, right? <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of things you wonder how, how like the bowling, you, you yeah. just really wonder how it's all connected. But right. uh, at that point, I met somebody that was going to Orlando, Florida. And I said, why are you going to Orlando for it? He said, I'm going to get down and get certified by John Maxwell ah. to do uh, coaching and training for him. He said, you'd be really good at that. Why don't you come with me? Okay. And I said, I said, well, let me think about that. And I said, how much is it going to cost? And he said, yeah, you know, probably $5,000 by the time we're done. He said, but I do think you'd be good at it. So mm -hmm. the next day I called him up. I said, let's go. And we flew down to Florida and, and uh, went through their certification process, and it's been uh, it's been a great experience to have that under my belt. You know, all of these experiences have generally been uh, driven by bad experiences, <laughs> and 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 it led me to good experiences. And then I uh, usually, uh, by God's grace, was willing, uh, smart enough to capitalize on on the good experiences. I love it. So, uh, Mike. What kind of problems typically are you helping people solve with your practice? So right now I have um, I have three major clients uh, and they are CEOs of small companies. So I took the content that I learned from John mm -hmm. Maxwell, all of my business experience, all the experience I had in the investment business. You know, Bob, you'll appreciate this. I made payroll for 17 straight years. Wow. And so... I said that that experience alone qualifies me to to help any small business owner grow their business. So I help. I have three clients. They do different things. One's a nonprofit, and one. Uh, matter of fact, I just returned from Africa. We were over in Africa for this, and I just got home a couple of days ago. Right. Um, that company 
is called 21C International, and they are training pastors in developing countries using the book of Ephesians and helping them to, um, you know, be encouraged, equipped, and empowered to grow their church. So it's kind of like training the trainer, but um, that's my role is to help them develop and do some training. And so that's one thing. And then I have uh, two profit-oriented companies that are trying to make sense out of COVID and all the stuff that they experience. Uh-huh. And they have uh, e- either very few employees uh, or too many employees, and uh, I'm helping them to uh, make some good decisions about how to survive and move forward in this um, in, in this crazy environment that people find themselves in. So. Yeah, and so do you have kind of a profile of the, of the ideal company for you or who you'd like to work with? I made a commitment a long time ago um, as far as my mission statement. This is really going to sound strange, but I decided I would help whomever God put in front of me. Mm. So I didn't try to judge them based on how much money they had or how little they had. Uh, I basically felt that if I was meeting the person and I sensed that God wanted me to help them, that I would use my skills and my talents and the um, experiences that God gave me to help that person uh, know Christ, know God, and uh, do everything for the glory of God. So. Yeah. Well, one of the questions I always like to ask is, you know, in doing the work you do, whether the you know it's all faith, you know, faith-based companies or you know uh, secular, um, you know, how do you go about you know combining those two things, particularly when you're talking to something that's more secular? Well, it becomes very early, it becomes uh, really early in our conversations as to whether they are a believer or not. So I, okay. I, I usually am attracted to believers, uh, and and ironically, I'm often attracted to people who were raised in the Catholic faith, which is mm-hmm. where I was raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we go to a non-denominational church now, but I've had experiences that I can uh, relate to them with. Right. And then I'm able to methodically uh, work, help them work their way from where they are to where they should be spiritually, but also economically and also marketing wise and all that stuff. So yeah. usually my experiences have some value and uh, help them relate to the principle or the idea that, we're, that I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. And you're a personification of the example of it, too, Mike, because I know that uh, I know you as a leader and you walk it, you know, I mean, you ooze it, you know, <laughs> that you're a person of faith and all that. I think it was St. Francis or one of them said, go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary. And so yes. uh, I, I, I look upon you as being one of those guys, you know, that, that walks it. Well, listen, I'm proud to announce <clears throat> and welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided the talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Go out and check it out. Marshall Mullet, the owner, and has a mission to help small and mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With a vast experience, Inbound Studio builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. And again, get out and check ours out. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. I encourage you to go check them out at 
inboundstudio.studio. Again, that's inboundstudio.studio. We'll be right back with Mike McCormick. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Mike McCormick. Uh, he's the president of Mike McCormick & Associates. If you're just tuning in, you missed a little bit there as to what Mike does as far as McCormick Associates. He's a part of John Maxwell's program, uh, but he brings a lot more than just that to the program. Not that that isn't a lot, but also all of his you know 20-plus years of business experience, running businesses, and, and helping people also financially, understanding finances of small business. So he's really out to help a lot of uh, these small business owners, whether it be individuals or parts of companies, profit or nonprofit. So, hey, Mike, you mentioned in the last segment, though, that you just got back from Africa, okay, on a mission, from yeah. a mission trip. Why don't you share with the audience what that experience was like? Well, I wish I could actually describe the experience so that you would fully understand it, but it is an experience that's a little bit challenging for me to put into words. But okay. It was an amazing adventure. Uh, filled with uncertainties, daily challenges, but a whole host of opportunities to do God's work. Um, the group that I was with is called 21C International. They actually use uh, social media to, uh, and, uh, to print resources for pastors and leaders in developing countries. Mm. So what I learned was that somebody's a pastor they may have just accepted Christ as their savior, went back to their community, and they become the pastor for that community. Oh, wow. So they, they know more, but they really aren't educated. They're very smart people, very dedicated to, be, uh, to, to God, but they don't have the resources that they need. So, so the people that I work with uh, wrote a commentary on Ephesians. So we use Ephesians as our basic training guide. Okay. And uh, we probably talked to 70 pastors in the week that I was there. Uh, and so uh, this organization has trained over 2,000 pastors uh, to use the book Ephesians as a starting point to educate their church leaders and educate their congregations. We typically talk to people that didn't have any books, they didn't have any pens, they didn't have any paper. They learned by listening to the stories that we were telling and listening to the Word of God out of Ephesians, and it was really a very impactful uh, time of my life. Um, also, you just realize how much you have as an American in terms of opportunity and infrastructure and banking and all those things that that is absence in the uh, in the countries that we were in. So. Yeah, now you had some, as you, you shared with me, there's some strict rules of what you could and couldn't do, right? Um, well, we were in an area that welcomed uh, people into the country. So in Kenya, as an example, which is where we were, getting in and out of Kenya does require a visa, but generally they're very receptive and cooperating uh, with helping you get in there. If you right. go further north in Africa, you run into a, a lot more difficulty, a lot more tribal issues, mm -hmm. uh, more of a, you know, pe keeping people out. But for the most part, where we were intentionally uh, were pe places that were fa favorable to the gospel. Well, the other thing, too, though, I, I, as I recall, you said there was the, the group you were with had some restrictions of what you could do, right? 
In other words, the, the not-for-profit and going in there and giving the book of Ephesians, but uh, you shared that you can't give them money or something else. Yeah, I, I can't remember all of it. Well, yes, it, yes, they were very specific about what we could do and what they wanted us to do. Okay. So we weren't there to feed people. We weren't there to pay pastors. We weren't there to build buildings. We weren't there really to care for the sick. Not that those things aren't important, right. but we were there basically to focus on training pastors and church leaders what God's Word said about certain things, and we started with the book of Ephesians. The follow-up is the book of Mark, and so we're going to be doing that in early in the spring, but um, but it was well-received, yeah. and 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 not not giving people, not giving stuff away was really helped protect us yeah. and helped us avoid any confusion. A little awkward at times. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. I know you expressed it was a little bit awkward, in, you know, because our nature is to give, right? And and really what resources, because we're so blessed in this country. Hey, the other thing you share with me, you know, because I asked you what was the surprise that, uh, one of the surprises that you found, and I was surprised and shocked when you told me too, because it has something to do with the social media, but you said everybody had had a smartphone. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of the irony of the whole thing is that we're going into a third world country, mm-hmm. which there's hardly anything except they were able to access Facebook <laughs> because of the, the and the what's up app. Wow. Uh, and and they all had it seemed like everybody had a smartphone. Jeez. So because they had a smartphone, <clears throat> they were able to ask us access Facebook, which is free, mm-hmm. and the WhatsApp app is free. So that allowed for mass communication, and that allowed for us to be able to um, tell people we were going to be in a certain area, and they could show up to come to our, our seminar. That, is, I, that was astonishing to me when you told me that, that you know, because, again, to your point, they have very limited resources, you know, hot, like we have, sure. running water, hot water, you know, all kinds of different stuff, you know, we take for granted here, and they didn't have those things. Hey, yeah, well, you know, Bob, I, think, yeah. I think we have a tendency to think all social media can be bad and destructive, right? And things like TikTok, TikTok, we don't really necessarily want to promote, right? But it also shows you that there is some good that you can, some godly purpose for all of the technology that we have available, and that it allows us to to do something good with what God uh, what God has created through through me, right. through other people. So. Well, so it's kind of that's kind of been my life. You have a choice. Yeah, yeah. You want to do something for good, or do you want to use it for bad? Yep. And then God enables you. God enables it. Hey, well, you you shared something pretty incorporate a couple stories about your incorporating faith and work. Why don't you share those with the audience? Well, one of my favorite stories is a story of how God blessed me <clears throat> whenever I was making an effort to uh, help spread the gospel. So mm-hmm. when I first was saved, I went to like a, a rotary meeting mm-hmm. and um, and I started going to to the meetings and I noticed that the same guy said the blessing all the time. So when it was time to eat, they always asked this one guy if he would say grace. So I went up to him and I said, how come they're always asking you? He goes, well, nobody else wants to say it. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I'll help you out. So every if, if every now and then, if you want me to pitch, fill in for you, just let me know. So so anyhow, next thing I know, I'm saying that I'm replacing him, and I'm <laughs> saying the blessing. So I started saying the blessing everywhere I went. 
for politics or any public uh, event, mm-hmm. uh, anytime that when there was a meal, I always offered to say the blessing. And I kind of got the reputation for being the guy that says grace. <laughs> now, the reason I mention all this to you is Franklin Graham in 2014 came to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and they did the Festival of Hope. Okay. And um, they asked people if to recommend somebody that had investment business, you know, financially, that would work well with the, the Festival of Hope campaign. So I actually was asked to be the financial chairman for the Franklin Graham Festival of Hope in Pittsburgh. And ultimately, I said the blessing for the offering with 10,000 people in the auditorium. Oh, my so goodness. Was, oh, man. It was an amazing moment. Right. And then the, the final blessing was uh, my wife and I were invited to Billy Graham's funeral. Mm. And so of the 2,000 people that were uh, invited to that, we, we raised more money in Pittsburgh than they expected us to raise. And we were the only festival that year that raised more money than they uh, that they set as our quota. Which, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so uh, because of that, I was then invited to Billy Graham's library and the retreat that they have to talk about giving and that kind of stuff. So because I was willing as a new believer to start saying the blessing in public, Okay, that actually led to some maybe one of my best experiences uh, as a believer, and that would be to attend the funeral of somebody who spent their life sharing the gospel with people, Billy Graham. Yeah. So wow. we, we were blessed by God in that in that regard. Right. That is so that, that was is one wow. good story I like to tell people. You never know. <laughs> you never know is right, man. That is that is so awesome. Hey, well, you know, I always like to ask guests, you know, what words of wisdom, and especially you, because of all that you've been through, what words of wisdom were you given to your younger self? Yeah, so my words of wisdom would be to know that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Mm -hmm. So when we pray for God's will, that we are to also anticipate knowing that his answer to our prayers is really the best thing for us. Hmm. So if you're struggling because of the economy and you having a tough time paying your bills, if you're not sure what, uh, where the, uh, everything is headed and you have all the, all this unknown facing you as a business owner, um, I always like to reassure people that, Romans eight twenty eight. not only does everything happen for a good reason, but the fact is you can trust that God is going to, his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't have to take anything away. It's there, and you have it. So Yeah, I love that, Mike. Thank you for sharing that. And so that's uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> you've lived it, and so that would be some very valuable advice to any uh Parents out there, grandparents that like to pass that wisdom on to any of their grandchildren or children, even you know that uh, you know he's got a perfect will and he's got a plan for you. So, uh, and again, because of Mike's uh, belief in his uh, life testimony and his life uh, verse, uh, makes a lot of sense. I can't believe our time is up already. You got to stay tuned for the final segment because we got a mystery subject coming up that we're going to roundtable that is very important for Mike and myself. Okay, so stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Mike McCormick 
Mike McCormick and Associates. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, welcome back here for our last segment. Uh, We're going to roundtable something here shortly, but Mike reminded me of a quick story he wants to tell that was very profound. Mike, what is that? What was that about? Well, it's a story that I tell uh, every business person uh, because it relates to my son and I. My son and I went to a Christ in the Tetons uh, father-son retreat. Uh, and we went up to the Yellowstone Park. And while we were looking at the beauty of Yellowstone Park, a guy raised his hand and said, I thought this place burned down. And actually, in the summer of fire in 1988, mm. um, the, the Yellowstone Park really almost completely burned to the ground. 500,000 acres, thousands of animals. Mm. And so somebody said, well, who replanted all these trees? How, how did all these trees make a comeback? And so they told us a story about the of uh, the lodgepole pine, and the lodgepole pine is a tree that's about 150 feet high, but all of the seeds are up at the top. Mm. And so while the fire while the fire is burning, those seeds fall off the top of the tree and plant themselves into the ground. Wow! And so uh, while the tree is dying, <clears throat> the God has created this tree to replant itself. <laughs> And so I always say that's a, that's true of our life. Uh, <laughs> we could be experiencing the worst tragedy, but God plants his eternal seeds in our life so that the future is going to be bigger and better and brighter uh, for us because of that. In spite of the fire, God already has a, a restoration plan for us. No, oh, I love so it. I always encourage business people to, to look for the seeds when something difficult is happening. So. I love it, Mike. Thank you. Well, folks, I promise you we're going to have a mystery subject. That mystery subject happens to be something that's near, near, very near and dear to Mike and myself, and that is G7 networking. Uh, I, as I've shared with people, I'm the, the re- regional manager here in Chicago for G7 networking, and Mike is my counterpart in Pittsburgh. So, Mike, what, how'd you get involved in G7, and what, what compelled you to do this? Well, I was uh, doing uh, one of John Maxwell's uh, Live the Lead events, and um, the person who runs the radio station in Columbus, Ohio, uh, referred me to um, Roy, and uh, and so we started talking, and I met, and I first learned about uh, about G seven uh, at the at the Live the Lead event. So okay. here again, everything's kind of connected, but um, but we but I. I'm a big networker just as a matter of how I built my company, how I built my business. Mm-hmm. I, I've always preached uh, the out and about philosophy, which basically is you don't sit behind your desk. Right. No matter what happens, you get out and and, and uh, talk with people and get involved in their lives. And so because of that, I, I uh, resonate. I, I, I love the idea of networking, but I l- even love more the idea of honoring God, starting with prayer, starting with a worship experience, sharing testimonies, and then developing relationships with, with those things as the foundation. So. Yeah, I love that. Hey, well, why? Sure. Uh, let me 
let me enlighten the audience, just for those that are, are, might be tuning in for the first time, what G7 networking is. And so the seven G's stand for gospel, group, grade, God, grow, get, and give. Now, I have to tell you something, folks. Um, I started up in Minneapolis, Minnesota about three and a half years ago. I actually started the first chapter outside of Minneapolis here in Chicago a little over a year ago, and we now have six chapters here in Chicago. We are now going into the seventh state. Uh, so God has got this bullet train loaded up, and we're, we're taking off from the station. So I just want to encourage folks out there to go out and check it out, G7 Networking. Okay. Now, the other thing, too, is, and Mike, why don't you share with the audience, uh, these are monthly meetings. They're 90 minutes long. So what happens during that meeting? Well, what happens is that we follow a format uh, <clears throat> that you just mentioned the different component, the seven components of the meeting. And so uh, we start with a prayer mm-hmm. and we start with a five minute worship experience. And then we ask people to give their testimonies. And then we ask people to, introdu- to introduce what they do. What, what does their ideal client look like and how we might be able to help them. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, our, our, we have a pretty very strong group, very committed to each other, and uh, we work together to uh, help each other uh, grow our businesses. Yeah. Uh, one of our founding, one of the founding principles, I'm oh, sorry, let me just get this yeah. in here, yep. is that um, um, in Acts 20, verse 35, Jesus says, it's better to give than it is to receive. Mm-hmm. And we started our chapter with that verse that uh, Jesus actually promoted the idea, if you will, of giving first and then receiving second. And so oftentimes we remind people in the referral group, this really isn't about giving it's, it, it, or about receiving, it's about giving and if you're a good giver, you'll be, you'll, the blessings will follow. Yeah, you'll be rewarded. The other thing, too, Mike, I want to emphasize is that, you know, we're here for spiritual growth and business growth. That's the premise of this. But God's solidly in the middle of all of it. And the other thing, too, is uh, that unlike a lot of groups I've been in, and I'm a lifelong kind of a networker also like Mike, is that we really emphasize relationships before referrals. And I think that's really important, that the members really get to know each other as people. Uh, that That gains credibility and trust. Because let's face it, when you are giving, you know, business, you're giving, pe- you know, people uh, your reputation. Basically, you're you're opening up the, you know, your database or whatever, and giving them or introducing them to people that know you and trust you, and know like and trust you, and so that's a big deal, you know, for people to be able to do that. Yeah. But more importantly, I know you do, you're the same way I am. I'm a giver extraordinary, but the fact of the matter is, I got to trust somebody before I'm going to do that, you know, so, and Absolutely. I have to know about them and about their reputation, a lot of other things. So. You know, um, you know, as Warren Buffett once said, you know, it takes 40 years to build a great reputation, five minutes to destroy it, you know. So that's, a, that's a, one of the other things that we really want to emphasize, that we're held to a higher, uh, higher uh, you know, level here, a higher level of integrity, being a, a, a person of faith. And we have to do that and break that. It has to come through in our businesses. Uh, if we make promises, those are promises we have to keep, and particularly to each other, you know, and helping each other. And I, I got to tell you, Folks, this thing is growing exponentially because people are looking for stuff like this, especially coming out of the pandemic. Uh, I know here in Chicago, we had five visitors in the last two months that found us found us on the Internet. I mean, they, they were looking for it, and they found us, and they've come. 
And I think four of the five have now joined to become members. So, And I know you have some stories over there, Mike. Why don't you share that with, uh, with some outcomes you've had at your meetings? Well, um, you know, uh, Scripture said a triple-rated cord can be broken. So we, right. we try to work together to bind each other, uh, to, to be trustworthy and to help each other and develop some kind of a common frames of reference so we can build our relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one thing, those circumstances change, size of the group vary sometimes, but we stick to that formula of those seven principles uh, that you refer to. And those things keep us on track yep. and people love it. People respond to that. They don't have a place to exercise their faith yep. in the marketplace. And this serves as that place. Yeah. And this is a great intersection. That's what the show was developed on, you know, we're a decade ago. How do you integrate your faith in work? And what God really tapped me uh, about was, you know, when this came about and I was asked is this is a practical way now that that can happen. I, you know, now this has been a, a gift that's been given to me, and I know for you, Mike, too, that we can introduce this out there to people, a practical application. How do you go out there and integrate your faith in work, you know, in a very secular world? So uh, I can't believe we're up out of time already, Mike. This is unbelievable. What a great interview. I want to thank you, Mike, for being my guest today and sharing your stories out there to everybody. That was, I told him, that, you know, to fasten your seatbelts, it was going to be good, and you certainly didn't disappoint well, listen, folks, stay tuned here every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock. We're here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Get out and again, check our website out. Uh, and uh, again, you know, there's that little donate button. So we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.